0: This is a podcast 225 production.
1: Welcome to the Clay Young Show.
2: Oh man. Still recovering from the heat and the good time had at the fifth annual Smoke 'em If You Got' em fundraiser. It was last weekend and it was a blast. thanks to everyone who was a part of this year's event. I can tell you, man, it was so much fun. There were so many positive vibes out there. And hey, on to Smoke Six, right, in 2019. But we're we're not working on it right now. So Taya Kyle was amazing. Taya was there again and got a chance to address the crowd. And of course... Mockler Beverage was our presenting sponsor. Tim spoke, and man, it was just a great event. If you were there, you know what I'm talking about. If you missed it, boy, did you miss a party. The food was amazing. The desserts were amazing. I mean, everything about it was really, really good. I had a great time. Uh, Christian Iroa with his premium cigar selection and how he really outkicked everything with what we did this year. It was really, really nice. Geico Insurance Insurance Procurement Services, Brian Bennett outdid himself again at the Grill Station. Open Eyes Safety Training and Consulting, Jeff and Kelly LaDuff. Thank them for being a part of this. Really, Jeff did, as he always does, an amazing job addressing the crowd. David Cuvion, Colonel David Cuvion, U.S. Marine Corps, retired, spoke to the crowd. Actually got a little emotional out there. I mean, it was really, really good. The auction was great. Dennis Landry, the auctioneer, extraordinaire, was awesome again. And I think really the star of of the event was the young lady who sang the anthem and then entertained that night, JC Garan. And she was just unbelievable. In fact, she'll be there next year. She's going to be doing all of these if she can. That's just that's if she's not. Uh, th- this big recording artist by then, because she's got all the talent in the world. She blew the national anthem away. It was awesome. So, thank you all for being a part of Smoke 'em Six. F- Smoke 'em Five, Smoke 'em Six is on the way, but we won't start talking about that until later in the year. Still recouping from last weekend. It was great to be able to raise that money for the Chris Kyle Frog Foundation. Still doing the tallies right now. And uh, I'm proud of the effort, and this thing gets bigger and better. Every year. So speaking of getting bigger and better every year, this guy just does not ever slow down. Our guest on this edition of the Clay Young Show is Richard Condon, who is the host of Condon Uncensored on Eagle 98.1 in Baton Rouge. Condon's been in radio over two decades and still has the passion of someone just breaking into the business. And so obviously chasing smoke him, you want to have a good guest. And there are not many who bring it like Rich, and so he's going to be in the studio with us, and we'll talk about what's happening in society, talk a little bit more about radio, obviously talk about sports and what's happening locally and then nationally. Rich has always got a lot to say, and it's always entertaining to have him here. So we'll take a quick break and then come back with Richard Condon here on The Clay Young Show.
1: This is Dr. Mary Catherine Roderick. And I'm Katie Fetzer. We're the owners and co-founders of The Wellness Studio, a mental health practice with locations here in Baton Rouge and Covington.
3: We are also your hosts for The Waiting Room Podcast here on Podcast225.com. Our podcast is a journey into the world of mental
1: health. On our show, we're going to discuss some of the various forms of mental health conditions.
0: We're also going to shed light on the various
1: ways our listeners can get a better understanding of how the mind works and why we do what we do. So subscribe today to get The Waiting Room Podcast here on podcast 225.com itunes and the talk 107.3 mobile app
2: clay young here with john conroy the founder and owner of pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution you know john lots of people are out nowadays it's that time of the year and fleas and mosquitoes are a problem And the good thing there is you can use the same product for both problems. Amazing. So what does that product do? Well, what we want to do is we want to treat the entire yard. Okay. And you also want to treat the underside of bushes. Okay. Most people don't understand that just spraying a product on top of the bush, how come it's still got mosquitoes? Because they're nesting under the leaves you need to knock that out. okay. So, you know, we're going to help you with all of that, take exactly what to do, when to do, how to do it. So you won't have any questions when you leave. Here's an amazing thing about this. The product actually does work, but if they come to the store, they can find out how to use it. That's exactly correct. All right. So where are you in the Baton Rouge area? Our Baton Rouge store is located at 806 O'Neill Lane. That's about a mile north of I-12. Or just give us a call if you have questions at 273-4788. Don't just do it yourself. Get the information. Go to the showroom at Pest Stop. Well, well, well. Look who decided to grace the studio with his presence.
3: Mr. Clay Young, I am here. <laughs> Richard the
2: Condon. Well, you? I'm great, man. So where the hell have you been for the last year? You don't come by, you know, You know, I don't hear
3: from you. You know, since
1: it's your house and you're a friend, I'm going to apologize to you. Hey, I go anytime anybody invites me, which is far and in between. Yeah, well, you invited
3: you know, me this
2: time. Yeah, so I here. did. I invite you every time. You're always anybody. great. You never force yourself on anybody. Not and, at all.
1: I'm a recluse.
2: You know, people, that's actually true. That's actually true. We have a little bit of that in common, that publicly you're way out there, but away from that, kind of at the house. How many times we talked about
1: it, Quick? People think they know me, they don't know me, and then, of course, not to be rude to people, and if you can't be friendly to everybody, then stay away from almost everybody. Yeah. What I mean by that is, like, so often people come up, Rich, you remember that day back in 93, you were talking about, first off, I
3: don't, and the older
1: I get, the the less I remember, Right. and you don't want to be rude to people, and you kind of look at them and go, no, if you can kind of give me a couple of hints. Right. Maybe you got some cheat sheets in your wallet behind the mad money. I don't remember that particular day. Imagine that. Because I don't worry about what happened yesterday because I'm looking this way. I'm not yeah. looking in the rear view. Right, man. Well, you know, you've been
2: on Eagle 98.1 doing, doing content uncensored. How long now? Have if you been I'm not back mistaken,
1: there? in September it'll be three years. Three years. Like the last year and a half has been in the morning, and prior to that, almost halfway point yeah. was in the afternoon.
2: How how much fun are you having?
1: I'm still having fun. You know, the day comes, Clay, when. I don't care who you are and how much you try to keep up with things, it's going to get to the point where I'm going to be unrelatable because eventually, you know, that station will be playing music Mm -hmm. that people in their 35s and 40s, I'll be in my late 60s and 70s. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I mean, God's blessed me with good health and I'm very, very fortunate. Unlike a lot of my friends and things we deal with each and every day, you know, hearing about sicknesses and tragedy and people passing away and... But I'm blessed right now, so as long as I'm blessed and I feel like I have the energy, as you well know, this world's nuts. Yeah, it is. So it's not like I have uh, <laughs> a lack of topics and right. things I can talk about on right. the air and people to make fun of, including myself, which yeah. I do as often. But unfortunately, when you make fun of certain people, they only remember that and they take offense to it. Yeah. When you make fun of yourself and people like you for whatever reason, whatever that Crayola in that box of 64 is, then they think that's funny. Right. And you know, I say all the time, and I'm an equal opportunity shot taker. I take shots at myself, my people from the channel, old man the way he did it, you know, getting loaded, cutting the grass at 10 in the morning. (laughs) That's just who I am. That's our culture. So I'm honest about everything. But unfortunately, sometimes people with thin skin and people can't take it for what it is.
2: Well, you know, uh, you you said a lot there. I'll unpack a little bit of it at a time. You talked about being in great health. I think you and I agree. You got to work at that, man. And you can't take for granted that it's always just going to be fine. You really have to work at being in shape. I tell people I have to be able to be able to close my suit jackets. So I may want to get that slice of pie or whatever, but...
1: Yeah I got, hey, Let you me know. tell you something Every day I leave the gym I'm even getting me A three breasts From Popeyes <laughs> And a large onion ring Red beans And an extra biscuit Or I'm going to Burger King Right there And getting a double meat <laughs> whopper With a large <laughs> shake A small you fry don't And a large that. onion ring you Every don't, day hell no. You and don't do that day, Trust me You don't do that Or I get three burritos And two soft from Taco Bell <laughs> yeah. Every day Come That's all I man, eat what, no, you, no 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 you, You've on there Three minutes And you're to understand. me understand Instead of doing 30 minutes on a station Every bike I've got to do an hour Instead of running Five, I gotta run six. Yeah. I'm gonna eat and drink what I want <laughs> as long as God's giving me the health to work that nonsense out. You still love Popeyes, don't you? Love Popeyes, man. There's a place in Absolutely. Opelousas you would love if you ever. I mean, give went me some there. good fried chicken any day. There's
2: a place in Opelousas that makes the best I've ever had. Gotta go, it's called Mama's Fried Chicken. Next Richard, time I'm in
1: Opelousas, Richard, matter of fact, well, matter of fact, I am going because the wife wants to go to Evangeline Downs. Yeah sitting you know, in yeah, box seats yeah. and eat some food, drink yeah. a couple of beers. I'm going to try that out, go on a Rich, Saturday
2: afternoon. Listen, here's the thing about that place. You'll see guys in there in suits and ties, got blue-collar guys there in uniforms, uh, house moms. You see all kinds of cars in the parking lot. That's when you know, when you can bring all these kinds of people together, because uh, I'm in Shreveport all the time on business, and every other time or so, man, I'll stop over there, and Rich, nobody's close. And you're from New Orleans, so you know food. Nobody's close.
1: And I'll tell you what. You know it was good fried chicken when you get up and you shake and cross out your drawers. Let me tell. <laughs> That's some good fried chicken. Yeah, I want to get greasy and wait, I want to shake wait, cross wait, out wait, my drawers. Wait, baby, wait. undo that shirt, let it get okay. in there and then shake right. the leg in a parking lot. Okay. Leave a trail like a snail. Okay, it's gonna be fried chicken crumbs. Okay, I've uh, never heard it put that way before. very professional (laughs) that's
2: very professional one more time you you know it's good when
1: when you know it's good when you ate a good you know order of fried chicken take your shirt out before you start because you want to get greasy Mm roll your sleeves up and the more grease you got over you and the more of a cry of fried chicken crumbs you're leaving in a parking lot Mm -hmm. you know that was some good fried chicken i like the white meat give me a good breast nothing better than a good breast so i've heard on a good night too
2: You also talked about uh, when you were doing the show how much you know people take offense to this and that. You know, Rich, and maybe it's just us. Social media, when it all started, it was so much fun, and people had pictures of their families and you know older relatives and you know moments, graduations, marriages, things like that. Now, it's just bomb throwing right and left. What about that? See,
1: I'm not into social media. My Uh-oh, idea of social media is texting somebody back. That's I'm true. not on Facebook. You I have no clue cool about texting. Instagram and all these other things people do. My business is my business. I do not want to know your business. Are people going to take this wrong? I am not worried about pictures of your kids and your family vacation on the beach or going camping. I don't care. There you are in Yellowstone taking a selfie with a grizzly. Not my concern. And my wife's into that Facebook stuff. So at night, she'll show me pictures. Hey, guess who's doing this? Mm -hmm. And guess where that child was and all of this. I don't want to be rude and come across as I don't care, so I'll just point blank say it. I just don't care. I wish everybody the very best. I'm not into social media and Facebook Mm. and all that kind of stuff. Matter of fact, the show's on Facebook in the studio. It is. Uh, FaceTime, whatever you call it. I don't know what it is. But anyway, like, you know, it's like Gordy says we got to do it. It's it's where we are now social media and Mm. blogging and our podcast. And it's hard for me to accept all of that stuff. Why? Because, I mean, it's just not me. I mean, in the position you're in, you know, Clay Young Enterprises, you got to keep up with everybody. I get that. I do. But in my line of work, as long as I go in there, the ratings are good and I bring enough topics to talk about and news stories, I don't have to go home and post it. If they didn't hear it, I'm not worried about them hearing it again. Yeah. It's just it's just I'm not a social media guy.
2: You know, I don't know that we've ever talked about this before. We, we've talked about the shows and everything, and, gosh, we've known each other now 20 years, 20 years this year. Um, how do you pick your topics?
1: Uh, first off, anybody can get on the air and come up with filler. I mean, too many people in this business, they'll uh, get up in the morning, 10 minutes before they leave the house, print two or three stories and call it preparation. That's not me. If every story I get on the air with, it doesn't always play out that way. But I want to stir it up. I want to either have you laughing, have you mad, have you thinking something. Have you even thinking I'm an idiot? I don't care. I want a reaction from you. Just to fill time and be on the air And these radio goofballs who play, (laughs) you know, laugh tracks in the background and they got the little girl laughing at him and he's a silly willy. I don't want that. I know if it's humorous. Right. I know if it's funny. Right. And the reason why I know that is because I got people reminding me of something I said in 88. Sure. My thing about being in radio is that I know when I leave, good or bad, you're going to remember me. That's right. I'm not saying you're going to like me. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying I was a great speaker. Mm -hmm. I enunciated well. I'm not saying any of that, but I guarantee you someone you know, someone you work with, a family Mm -hmm. member, a neighbor, somebody's going to say, man, that one day. That one day, and too many people in this business, they just fill out airtime, ratings come in, they wonder why they're not pushing the needle, because all you do is get on the air and it's fluff. Mm -hmm. There's nothing of substance. I am (laughs) amazed, Clay, about how lazy people are in this business. Absolutely lazy, without mentioning names. I hear it. I see it with our group. I hear certain people within our group on the air, driving around, making sales calls hitting a scan button, and I'm going, are you kidding me? You had all night or all morning, if you're in afternoon drive, to prepare a show, to educate, to enlighten, to make your listeners either smile or cry or get mad, and that's all you got. There was a particular show I was listening to, and it was for one hour, one hour. When a show host... Talks about something for one hour that I wouldn't even give it the time of day, even right. for a quick mention right. between traffic and weather. Yeah. You know, like a Brinks truck uh, unloaded $30,000,
3: $50,000 of cash. Well, if you were driving on I-10 or I-12 or Jefferson Highway, and all of a sudden a Brinks truck in front of you opened up and cash was falling all over the ground, what would you do? Four, nine, are you kidding Oh, you're making that up. No, That'd no, no, I'm not happen. making it okay. up.
1: It's just silly, wooly stuff. If you're going to get on the air, bring it, baby. Just yeah. bring it, and that's what I try to do. And of course, you know, people ask me all the time. All right, you could only pick one website to go to because I got fifteen I go to sure. every day. Fifteen. I used to do the same thing. And normally in the yeah. evening, when I start preparing, it's the same stuff I saw at four or five o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Unless it's a breaking story. Yeah. So really, I get up at one because that's why it's all refreshed, mm-hmm. all refreshed. And if I had to pick two, man, it's Drudge Report mm-hmm. and Fox News. Drug report yeah. Fox News. Now I'll go to CNN just to get the silly, woolly, goofball sure. dependency yeah. people with their thinking. You know what I mean?
2: <laughs> I remember uh, when we were both at Jabo Don Grady. When I started doing the morning show over there, and he would come in and ask me about something. It's like I've already read it, or he'll tell me about a story. It's like you, you're not going to stump me if it's worth seeing or talking about. I get up extra early so I can read that stuff. I got it, which is why I most you know, times walked in there like five minutes before airtime. It wasn't because I just got up. It's because I was prepping at the house.
1: I can't tell you how rewarding it is for you to just say what you just said. Okay, I'm a steal scene from the movie Jerry Maguire. You complete me. <laughs> and I'll tell you why. People okay. come up to me rich. Have you heard? Yeah, I talked about that last Thursday. Right, right. I hear what these people are talking about today. I'm going, right. and even Scott, the guy, one of the guys I do the show with in the morning, he goes, Rich, we talked about that last Friday, and this is like the following Tuesday or right. Wednesday. And right. these people on the ad talking about it, I'm going, and I get people have a life, they got their own job, they got responsibilities and kids and issues. So their job is not to keep up with things like it is my job. Right. But my one mission every morning when I walk in there, is that nobody knows more right That's now right. than I know. You're not going to stump me. And what really ticks me off is that when you got somebody on another station at the same time within the building, <laughs> and they walk in and go, "Hey, have y'all heard about this?" Hey, by the way, you heard about the Hindenburg too. (laughs) It's amazing. I take offense to it. And Anna tells me all the time, Rich, don't take offense to it. They're just, I'm going, yeah, but I do take offense to it. How many times do I tell these people from four to six every night, I'm getting ready. My job is because I need six or seven good ones every day. Sure. So four to six, I try to get two in the bank. Mm -hmm. It's security. It's my Mm -hmm. little safety net. Right. So I know when I get up at one or 130, I got two. Worst case scenario. Right. Because, Clay, there are some days from four to six, I got everything I need. Sure. But there's some days four to six is nothing different than it was nothing's from 4 going to on. 6 a.m. And
2: then what's crazy is if nothing's happening between 4 to 6 p.m. in the evening you can't find anything and you get up in the morning and the news hasn't developed then now you got to get all these different pieces and cobble them together to make something but you still got to know the details.
1: See and another thing too I'm obsessive compulsive as you well know yeah. being a friend of mine yeah. and like there's a story but what I'll do is I remember something that was similar or something that That's right attached to this mm-hmm. story that happened six months ago yeah. or eight months ago. You know something like that when it becomes like something like the police chief search here yeah, yeah wait a minute what date was that right uh paying protesters what date was that mm-hmm. so if I'm talking about Sharon Weston Broom or I'm talking about the city council or I'm talking about Lamont Cole or mm-hmm. I'm talking about Gary Chambers or Silky Swift, when it appears in the news today I remember something they were kind of involved in but I'd rather not get on the air and say what are you involved in I want to go back yeah so I got my facts straight yeah because if you're going to run your mouth and you're going to be critical of people. You better know your You better have your facts straight. and no yeah. one's ever going to be perfect. Right, right. You make mistakes. Sure. But at least you put forth the effort sure. to yeah. give the listeners everything they needed to know so yeah. they could pass their own judgment.
2: I don't think people sometimes understand, and you get callers who will call into a show and they think because they're smart, they could just call in and own you on a topic. And my thing was always, I don't care what you do. On this subject, now listen, you may have a medical degree and know more about the anatomy of the body than I ever will or ever really want to, but on the subject, no, nah. you... you- I know my stuff, and I—that's I, one of the things about you. And I tell people, do you still do the cue cards?
1: No, no, no. What I do is you, just like a piece of uh, wow print paper.
2: When did you start just doing like that? Copy
1: paper. Just like I got tired of searching for five x elevens. Man, listen,
2: and I know eights, whatever you, they are. you can go back into the I car, uh, archives if I had and listen every penny I've ever
1: spent God. on index cards because I used to get the five by eight, yeah, and I would tape them, tape them together.
2: He and would I like would write, write all my notes. out
1: all of his prints. another thing, Clay. I can't just, yeah, I got a printer at home and I can print story from Fox, print story from Drudge, print story from Yardbarker, Go or get print a freaking story from iPad. Go get an iPad. That's easy. And people go in and they highlight yeah. it. Yeah. I can't do it that get way. Get an iPad. But I just, you know, people have suggested that and maybe that day will come.
2: <laughs> that day ain't coming.
1: I mean, yes. I just got my Bose earbuds, <laughs> man. I'm jacked. I hooked up to my cell phone, man, so me now me I don't have the something. wires getting caught my, at the gym. And when, and when, or
2: when you're running, dude, I love you how those how big things.
1: of a Neanderthal I am. I got those for my birthday. My sister-in-law gave them to me. Yeah. They went in a box, and Sue goes, what do you think? When we got home, I'm going, that's too frou-frou, man. That's too sissy for me. I don't know how to operate all of that. You got to tie it into you, your phone. You stick and stick it in your ear. I said, I have no clue cool how that works. So my daughter goes, Dad, give me the box. Give me the box. <laughs> she gave me the box. I gave it a box. She hooked it up through the phone, whatever, went yeah, to, whatever that is. Yeah. And hey man, you're talking about the greatest thing in the world. I know. You go around the gym, you don't get tied up into the Smith machine, and you don't get caught, you don't trip on it. It's good stuff, but Clay...
2: Wait until you discover the cameras on the phones.
1: What is that? Never mind. Let's save that for the next podcast. But look, I will tell you this. I am so much of a Neanderthal, and I'm not proud of it. It's just the way it is. I am so darn old school, man. But you know,
2: listen, I, I hear what you're saying, and I don't think that people... A lot of people, especially guys, are going to look at that and go, that's bad. Most people are going, why do I need to do that? Just yesterday, I'm talking to somebody about a cell phone, and, it, and I said, I'm not going to go buy a new cell phone every year just because Apple comes out with one. That's, that's just pissing money down the drain. Why do that? And, you know, the kid's got to get the new phone, and then the new one's like $1,000. It's like, I'm not going to go spend $1,000 on a phone when the one I have works. I want a clamshell phone again. I told Jasmine that this. I, I want a clamshell phone. Find me a
1: clamshell. Maybe two empty pea cans with a string? Well, that's too far. Too far. But, yeah, but, but, you know, a clamshell. Hey, Clay, I'm going off the beaten path but talking about phones. One of the worst experiences in the world is to go to these call centers. AT&T, Verizon, all these places. You mean to be there or to talk with To them? actually walk in and have to go through that experience. How was that? Because I'm going to tell you, no, no, I didn't need a new phone. I just needed a charger for the one at the Oh, you mean at, the, at the stores? Yeah, yeah, them places where you go in. <laughs> have you been to the and Apple store? And to get store? a charger, they got to write a 300-page thesis. <laughs> so seriously, they got the keypad in front of them. I said, dude, hey, look, just give me the total. It's a charger. I don't need a new phone. We ain't going to all <laughs> all these packages. And if you do this, you know how they sit down at the table yeah. with the perspective buyer because yes. they want a phone update. Mm-hmm. And you got the little person with the cute little blue shirt on him. Yeah. And... Well, if you would come see this, I don't want your package. Yeah. And now, damn it, they closed all the radio shacks down. Well, I so that. I can't go in there and get me a new lava lamp when a charge it no uh, more.
2: I, I, li- okay. I hate that they closed the radio
1: shack. <laughs> but man, going to those places is just such a pain in the. You know. Have mind. you
2: been to? Have you been? It's a podcast. You can say whatever you want. It's. It, have you been to the Apple Store? You never been to the Apple Store in the mall? No, I, I don't go to malls.
1: Well, I hate. Going no, to the mall no, too. man. The last mall I went <laughs> to was Oakwood Shopping Center in Terrytown. Got me an Orange Julius, and I changed the price on an album. My dad still reminded me of that. Thank you for that.
2: So, if you ever go to the mall, mm-hmm. somebody should videotape it. Seriously.
1: Now, too many people hanging out at kioshes no. and kids running see, around no, going No, But nuts. see,
2: this is outside. The Apple store is outside. It's and when you walk in, it's
1: different. So what do they do there? They sell computers?
2: They sell everything Apple and you can't do anything in a hurry, which is the oh, no. you used to be able to go right in and go and get yeah. a, and get
1: out. I don't know anything about it.
2: Now they ask you to make an appointment and sometimes you still have to wait. And I'm like, what's the point of the appointment? No, I'm not going it, it, in. I'm
1: just jacked up about that new Piccadilly they're going to bill on William and Highland, but they got a drive through. I'm jacked up about that a one. A drive through yeah, at Piccadilly. Piccadilly to go. Piccadilly to go. You didn't really? hear about that? No, I didn't yeah, hear about Piccadilly that. Piccadilly to go. They say it's going to be ready in July. And I'm jacked up about it because, uh, you know, I'm getting to that age. Because, see, right now it's an awkward state because I'm not to the point because of my health and my age where I can really go into Piccadilly and feel totally comfortable sitting around and mingling, getting to know people. You know what I mean? Like the guy behind me, you've been in a bingo hall, the cars are running, you're winning money, what's going on? See, I'm not to the point where me and my wife walk the neighborhood and we tell kids they got to be careful, they're going to put somebody's eye out. And we sitting there doing our chair exercises with our aqua panels and a half dumbbells and I get up and I need our help. And I got the new walker with the four prongs in case I lose my balance. But that day's going to come. But now I get to go right through the drive through right through the drive-thru, and you know what I get? I get the fried chicken. That's what I was going to ask you. I get the black-eyed peas. I get a couple of rolls. I'm making a little sandwiches. I love me some Piccadilly, but I got to tell you, the only problem is going in there. When I go in there, I think of me and my grandma and her 71 Comet when she had depleted skirts with a stocking and (laughs) grow down her ankle, and she's listening to Perry Como on AM.
2: (laughs) So what, okay, what is your go-to, because I know you got to have this, What's your go-to small talk when you're with people and you don't really want to talk? You don't really want to. See, I'm probably going to give something away to get us both in trouble. But when when you're with people and you kind of want to, like, get in and out of the conversation. first thing I do is
1: whisper in my wife's ear, what's his name? (laughs) After she says, Rich, how many times are you going to meet this person? See, I'm not going to give away. We've been over this time and time again. And every time I'm in that situation, you know what I do, huh?
3: What's up, killer? Yeah, what yeah, yeah, stop. What's up, bro I am so bad with names. Yeah, I
2: am too. I remember, man, being outside of a, a building, coming out of a, <laughs> a meeting, and I'm talking to this to this uh, lady who works in there, and we're talking, and I'm calling her Lisa. You know, Lisa. This is Lisa. We're we joking. She's just smiling, Lisa. And so my assistant next to me, she's got this stupid grin on her face, and I'm looking at her, but I'm still talking, but it's like, the hell are you smiling at? And so we leave, and she says, "Her name is not Lisa." <laughs> and the whole, i i didn't it didn't even sound like Lisa. I don't know where Lisa came from, so I'm bad with names too.
1: Well, there's a girl at the station. You may know Aaliyah. I don't know if you know. Aaliyah, yeah. Yeah. So every, every morning I've been seeing her. You know, like when I'm getting you ready to get leave, l- and I'm going, "Lori, what you been doing?" <laughs> so I keep saying, "Lori, Lori, Lori," and then. I, I told Anna, I walked in the studio the other day. I said, "Man, I'll tell you one thing, Lori. Man, she's nice. Man, she's always nice to me." She goes, "Lori," she. I said, "Yeah, you know, I'm kind of brunette. She's yeah. kind of, you know, she's putting on a little bit, but she's cool." Whoa, whoa. She goes, <laughs> whoa. Anna goes rich." That is not. Lori.
2: It's, Leah. it's Leah. It's Leah, and I'm sure she's going to appreciate. <laughs> so anyway, what you just, so Anna called. You know, she was in
1: her office, yeah. put her on the intercom yeah. in the studio, whatever, so I could hear. <laughs> and she, hey. Hey, <laughs> Leah Condon wants to apologize because he's been calling you Laura. She goes, the way he talks his accent, I didn't know the difference. <laughs> so it all worked out. Hey,
2: listen, she gives as good as she gets now. You know, she's pretty tough. Uh, and then you and Anna, that dynamic, y'all throw some stiff shots across the bow at each at each other every now and again.
1: Well, she's sweet. You know, I mean, everybody's got their role. And of course, she makes fun of me because I'm old and getting old and my (laughs) thought process. And, you know, like we do this early in the morning stuff. And it's the only reason I do it. Yeah. It's got to be early because I think it's fruit, fruit. Yeah. Like this day in history and whose birthday it is, famous people. And that's what's scary because, like, Clay, literally, probably 70, 80%, I don't know.
3: Like, if you're born, like, after the 19th, like, actors. See, because yeah. my thing is,
1: like, yeah. they mentioned like, Game of Thrones and all of these, I've like, actually never watched it. The you watch that? No, what I'm saying yeah. is, quick. when I watch TV, literally, and the only things I watch, and again, I am pointing the finger at me. Okay. I am narrow-minded. Yes. I get it. I need to open up my eyes. I understand all of that. Yes. I am taking shots at myself okay. right now. There's only a couple of things I watch. What? If it's a good game, I'm watching that. Right. I'm watching Fox right. and Friends, 5 a.m., Saturday, Sunday morning. I'm watching that. And then Investigation Discovery. I love that channel. My wife Man, goes, that's why I, I you too. think like you think because you're watching all these I crazy like that things. channel too. But see, my thing is...
2: You don't watch Blue Bloods? I never heard of it. That... Show with Tom Selleck, no, the police I've never family? Heard of it. No, oh, no, no. Dude, no. you'd love blue bloods. See, and
1: the thing is, like, Scott, one of the guys I do the show with as you know, Scott Robb. Yeah. Like he's got two young boys. And yeah. one's a Catholic mm-hmm. and the other one's like in seventh, eighth grade. So what they like doing, dad and sons, is they go see these uh superhero movies. Like Avengers and all of that. Did you go see that? And no, 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 no. My thing is, and he, uh, this will get to my point. My point is as far as movies and TV shows, if it can't happen in real life, if it can't happen yeah. in real life, I don't go see it. Yeah. I don't go see it. How if about that? it can't that? happen, it, Oh, look at you. <laughs> that is awesome. Can I get a hug on?
2: <laughs> yeah, right there, in the yeah. middle of the show, Carla gets a hug because oh, she hey, came bearing
1: hey, gifts. If you ever say he needs a pineapple or something, <laughs> don't listen to him. That's all we got, right? <laughs> no, thanks so much. You're the best. Thank you. <laughs>
2: So there you go. All right. Do you want to get back to your story now? Yeah, we so won't, no, even, we mean, won't like, even let like the people in on what, what happened. Like kind
1: of, like Black Panther or yeah. a Superman or a Spider-Man or yeah. Thor, you know, yeah. whatever, Speed yeah. Racer. Yeah. If it ain't a true life story, yeah, I can't watch
2: it. There's man. no Speed Racer movie. But okay, so... I mean, I
1: mean if there was, you know, yeah. I couldn't watch
2: it. So you don't watch Game of Thrones? I never Everybody, heard of it. I mean,
1: I heard of it because yeah. people talk I've about never
2: it. never watched it either.
1: I don't have yeah. a clue. Yeah. So like, a game and like that, I like Shark Tank. I love Shark Tank. It's a good show. But the problem is it's on CNBC and that's an issue I have. Even putting that station Why? on, it's just CNBC. You know, it's it's a liberal left wing nut job station. Uh,
2: during the during the day, see, I don't watch it during the day. Well, so here's the thing: in my office, I keep the TV on muted because I'm, I'm I'm not really I don't have time to watch television, and so I can watch the ticker. And at the bottom of the screen, I see headlines. And if something happens in the news, they'll put it on the screen, and I'll turn the sound on. Mm-hmm. And so it's perfect because during the day, the cable nets. Run commercials every three minutes, and it drives you nuts. You know, I just right, want right. to be able to stop and get by. like you know, for us doing radio, and really for you, like you, you can talk about something at six, and have you know, stay with it, do a bit, and then come back at eight o'clock because
1: you know that audience is completely See, but you know what? different. I'm told that way, but I can't because I feel guilty. But I feel lazy really? when I do something like that. No, no, All no. The no. Time. I,
2: I don't mean like recycling stuff.
1: I mean because
2: you got stuff for the whole show, but it's like if you want to go back to something. I don't mean like you, you only pick two things and you just flip-flop them. I, I, I would feel the same way. Mm-hmm. But sometimes, you know, because the audience is different. You know that. I mean, people, it, it moves around. But listen, let's keep moving here. You know, the, lately, one of your bullseye discussions has been law enforcement here in Baton Rouge and talking about what's going on. For, for people who have not heard your take on that,
1: what is it? All right, well, first off, it really disappoints me where too many people in leadership positions seem to give the benefit to the person who has a resume of breaking a law before they give the benefit to law enforcement. It doesn't matter what profession we're in radio, in my part, sales, my part, CPAs, engineers, forklift drivers, warehouse managers, there are going to be some bad people mm-hmm. in every profession. But it sads me that our officers, many women who put their life on the line each and every day, there was a day in this country when it was routine traffic stops. Routine. Yeah. Those days are gone. Yeah. And when I see people automatically giving a repeat offender the benefit of the doubt, even though that individual had every opportunity to listen to that officer and did not, and then after the fact, people who were not there who didn't hear everything, who didn't see everything, want to pass judgment on these law enforcement persons. Now, I will say that I think every human being, no matter their ethnicity, deserves an opportunity to uh, uh, be in a position where they feel like they're not threatened by law enforcement. But I just think, look, if I got a law enforcement person here, and I got somebody with a criminal record here, and there's some gray area, I'm going to lean toward the law enforcement and be convinced and be convinced that he did wrong before I'm going to lean toward the criminal and be convinced he didn't do anything wrong.
2: Well, generally speaking, that's the way it's supposed to work because these people take an oath and they are the authority in the situation. It's kind of like in a classroom if... Uh, a, a student says something happened, before you find out what goes on, you're going to give the, the teacher the benefit of the doubt while you investigate what's going on because the teacher is the authority. Is that, is that a fair comparison? No,
1: I agree. You yeah. know, in, in a situation that is still a hot topic in this town with the Elton Sterling shooting, yeah. uh, I saw the video, okay? Uh, Blaine Salamone, he didn't de-escalate the situation, Okay. None of us were there, but I saw the video. I'd like to see it from start to finish yeah. everything I just had to be able to pass a better judgment or opinion on this. But my point with this is I wasn't there. Uh, the thing that disappoints me is that our mayor, before the feds, before the state came through with their final opinion, assessment, rendered a decision, what are they going to prosecute? She already said that they should be fired. In a position of authority like that, you cannot jump the gun. Another thing that upsets me now is that, uh, you know, of course, the appeal by Officer Mm Salomone. Well, you know, now they bring up stuff that he allegedly did as an officer, which he wasn't reprimanded for back in 2016. Why is that relevant now? Chief Paul was the police chief beginning on December 29th. Now, Mm -hmm. I realize he's got a lot going on. Right. But Salomone was the police officer, you know. After Alton Sterling, obviously he wasn't. Yeah. But what, what relevancy does that have now? The man's been fired. He's been fired, and because of the appeals process, I guess to strengthen their position more. Yeah. Talking about you know Mayor Broom and, and Chief Paul, they bring up something that happened in 2016. When I saw that, I was bothered by the uh, by the video. Yeah. I thought he could have uh, you know de-escalated it a little bit better. Uh, again, I wasn't there. The unfortunate thing is that now, that one incident in time, no matter how much evidence comes out, Clay, if everybody was even there, mm-hmm. you have a certain percentage of the people that are never going to give the officers the benefit of the doubt. Right. And this ambassador program is the biggest waste of yeah, time. Yeah, t- talk my a little people. bit about that. I heard he- you Here's why I think it's a waste bit. of time. Because
2: well, tell people what it is first. The
1: ambassador program, I believe it's 20 or 25 yeah. people. They went through training, a program where they pretty much are going to be the conduit. Uh, Between the police officers and certain people within their communities. My issue with that is it doesn't matter who talks to these people. If they are born and raised in a home that are not a part of being disciplined, giving the officers the benefit of the doubt, to say yes, sir, no, sir, to respond and to do everything that officer says to do, it's not going to happen. That's regardless of color. Yeah. Oh, it doesn't matter. You gotta be brought up in a home with respect for authority. Yeah. You got to. Yeah. And if you're brought up in a home with respect to authority, you don't need any ambassadors. Look, I remember as a kid, I think it was like eight or nine years of age, and one of the biggest butt whippings my dad ever called me or gave to me is when I referred to him as a cop, because he was an NOPD. And he bat me on the head like I've never been hit before. Even at that time, it was police officer yeah it wasn't cop right so when that's been ingrained into you ever since you were a little kid I always give officers the benefit of the doubt when evidence comes up that's an officer who should not represent the badge he should not be in law enforcement I'm the first one to raise my hand and yeah. say I feel bad for the victim here right but for the most part if you put a hundred of them together a hundred cases over the last 20 years supposed victim of an officer being mistreated being physically harmed being shot whatever the issue is probably 85 to 90% of the time, it's going to be the officer was indeed right. Yeah. Now, the ones who weren't right and they stepped over the line, they should be prosecuted just like everybody else. What do you think about St. George, impending city
2: of St. George?
1: I understand. Look, I believe every every group of people, every neighborhood, they should be able to do what they want to do. Mayor Broome doesn't want it. She doesn't think they understand the complications, the uh, taxing, the money, what it takes to run a municipality, but hey, if I live in that neighborhood and we vote to, to to want to separate ourselves from the city of Baton Rouge, look, they see these public schools. They see what's going on in Baton Rouge. I mean, I live in Baton Rouge, and it's one of those things where you go – what is a city within a city limits? What is it going to be for my kids in their 40s and 50s and my grandchildren? Because Clay, until people realize, hey, look, it's all about how you handle yourself, having a degree of pride in yourself and work ethic. Until you have that mindset, until you until you live your life each and every day like that, it's never going to get any better. Mm-hmm. No mayor's going to make it better for you. No metro council's going to make it better for you. The only person that can make it better for you is the person you see in the mirror when you wake up every morning. And that's yeah. the Bottom
2: yeah, <clears throat> I'm, I'm a big believer in, you know, I have to take responsibility for myself and every day I try not to give people the credit of, of pissing me off to the degree that I, it ruins my whole day. Sometimes, you know, it happens, but you, you just got to be careful about who you let into your circle. Man, you know, sports talk now. You have been a veteran of broadcasting for a number of years, and we joke all the time, but the truth is, you take this very seriously. It's a pride thing. It's like you're not just gonna wing it because you're drawing a paycheck to do a job for somebody, so you show up and you do the job. But nowadays, if you watch Sports Media Rich, there's a difference between commentary and hard sports news. The hard sports news part is all gone. I can't watch ESPN anymore, it's too political. They're all over the place. I just want to watch sports to get away from all the other crap going on in society. What do you think? Well, no, I I
1: totally agree with you. There's too many entities now. If I want that when it comes to watching or listening, I go specifically to that. Yeah. If I want comedy and satire, I know where to go. Right. If I want hard news, I know where to go. When it's time for my sports, I don't need any political talk about Donald Trump, right. Jameel Hill. I, I don't need any of that. get away from I just don't. that. And, and it's not because it was Jameel Hill. I don't care who it was. It could be an Asian guy, a white dude. Right. I don't care. doesn't matter. I don't want to hear this. Right. I want you to tell me, is LeBron going to be with the Cavaliers next year? Right. I want you to tell me, is Anthony Davis going to be with the Pelicans forever? Right. What are they going to do with Cousins? Are right. they going to make a deal? Right. I don't care about Tom Brady going to China and what his wife's doing. That's all irrelevant. Right. Right. I don't care. You know, just it
2: got so out of hand recently with everything. And it's just hard to listen to some of these guys now. It's like, man, when and you the thing about it is when we were together on that morning show, we would do bits and joke around. But when it came time to talk about a sports subject, the conversation was actually about that. We didn't pull a bunch of other stuff in. It wasn't tongue in cheek because you're trying to help people learn something. How the hell do you learn anything from some of this stuff now?
1: And look, when they do certain things, like they'll show players, you know, interacting with fans sitting courtside, it's got to be a little fluff. There's got to sure, be a little sure. room. you got to get lighthearted yeah, yeah. every now and then. Yeah. If you show, you know, a pitcher who just pitched a no-hitter and he's getting Kool-Aid and whipped right. cream in his face, yeah, I, I get let's have a little fun. But let it all be sports-related. Right. I don't want to go to this guy in the locker room, then he's talking about, mm this musician coming out and saying this about that politician, Kanye West and this and that, I don't care. I'm watching Center for scores yeah. and for highlights. Yeah. And maybe if you're going to break down a big game, if the Patriots are hosting the Saints, give me a little X and O. Give me some right. behind-the-scenes stuff. But gee whiz, leave out the political conversation when I got ESPN. Well, over. let me
2: throw this one at you, too. The it's become it's not really a thing you have to do, but it's become a traditional courtesy that after a major professional team wins a championship, they go to the White House. There were some conservative leaning athletes who did not want to go to the White House when President Obama was there. I disagreed with that. I think the the house is bigger than the person occupying it for four or eight years. It is an emblem of America, of our institution. And then now you see a lot of athletes not wanting to go to the White House because President Trump is there, and it's thinking, okay, for, if you were on a spor- sports franchise, if you're if you're playing receiver for the Saints and you win a Super, super Bowl and you got to go up there, and it's you know take names out of it, and it's a political candidate you don't agree with, what's your position? Do you want to go, or do you say ah, I'm not going?
1: You know what? First off, I uh, I don't care who the president is to call it a president's skin his. Political affiliation as an individual, as a person, I think every athlete has a right to say I don't want to go. Okay. You know, that's my time. Yeah. And don't come out and say why you are going or not going. Just either go or don't go. I don't want to hear your reasoning. That's what disappoints me the most. Because a lot of these guys may say, you know what, man, all off season conditioning, everything I've been through, injuries, it's been a long season. Hadn't spent time with my kids and my wife. And they may use that as an excuse, but but that's fine. But, you know, I don't have an issue with a man who really? says he doesn't want to go. But I do understand how some people, yeah. and at one time I thought it was totally disrespectful. Right. But as I get older, I'm going, okay. because yeah. you know well, it's most, not that big of a deal. a no, right. smaller yeah. scale. Sure. You know, quite my wife will go, well, you really need to go. And I'm going, you know, I've done that before. Yeah. I've been there in sorry, This one's mine. You no, know, this you one's know, mine. So, yeah, look, there is no right or wrong here. There's no right or wrong here. Sure, sure, no absolutely, right or wrong here. Absolutely. But my point is, if you're not going, just don't go. Don't make if a big deal going, out of it. If you are going, then go. But don't go, and then after the fact, be disrespectful. See,
2: that's that's a great way to segue into this point. Now, you know I'm a lifelong 49er fan. You've given me a lot of grief about that over the years. And as such, when Colin Kaepernick started the protest, you know, talking to my sons about it, and I said, you know, here is his biggest mistake. If he was at the locker after the game and he was saying some of those things. Now, without the Castro T-shirt and the pigs on the socks, which is juvenile and that undercut everything he was trying to do. But if he's at the locker room saying something, if he's, uh, you know, at the podium at a press conference saying something or he goes to some you know, public event, they're going to be people who go, whatever, or ignore him or some people who will agree with him and go right on. But the moment you kneeled, and that's the thing I don't get everybody to understand. It's like, see, if you listen closely, most people aren't even criticizing what he's saying. They're just like, who you know, that's his right. It's the act that hurt him and he missed it. And so I don't, I, think, I don't think we've had a chance to talk. We haven't done the show since that whole thing happened. So you know, what are you, what's your position on what I just said? See, here's my biggest thing. issue with
1: it. Because you and I could talk about this for another hour and a half, yeah. this topic alone. Mm-hmm. My biggest issue with it is I don't care what you perceive what you're doing to be. I care what our veterans think you're doing. What I'm saying is because so many of these athletes – Have come out and said it's not showing disrespect to our service. And they've even said some veterans have told them it's such. My point with that is, and my point with that is the majority of veterans, the majority perceive that as disrespectful. So if I know that's what they're thinking, then I'm not going to do it. Because my own little personal agenda shouldn't supersede their sacrifice in what they find disrespectful. If my actions come across as disrespectful to them, to them, then I'm not doing what I'm doing. I can right. find a different platform to do it sure. or a different place to do it. Mm-hmm. I don't have any issue with a man taking a stance. Sure. I have no issue with that. Sure. But once our military finds it disrespectful overall, that's when I got a problem with it. I think that's the
2: that's the biggest thing lost on people is that it was that, and then Eric Reed. Now listen, come on, Rich. You and I've been around a long time. It's clear that the the 31 Owners and the management of Green Bay, because that city owns that team. Not, it's not owned by any any individual. They have said they don't want this. Now you can't prove collusion because there's no, you know, there's not going to be a record of all them getting together and saying, "Now." Nah. But even the teams that are owned by foreign-born people have not decided to extend, you know, a contract to these guys. What about that?
1: Well, first off, I it's my company, it's yeah. my team, yeah. and Wes. It is mandated by the commissioner.
2: Which he won't do. He can't do.
1: It's my program. Yeah. It's my franchise. It's my business. I can hire and fire whoever I want. Right. So I have no problem with all 32 owners. Behind the closed scenes, the silver foxes, is it a degree of collusion? Sure it is. You and I both know. Oh, yeah. But in principle, it's my company. Right. I'm paying these salaries. Yep. I'm dealing with restrictions and limitations and corporate sponsors. It impacts my bottom line. And when a player puts me in a position where I got to explain to corporate sponsors, yeah. I got to explain to my Because that's the bottom base, line. That's when yeah. I'm not going to deal
2: with it. Everybody misses it, but that's the bottom line. Attendance was down see, last year. You know, we talk was about down.
1: think before you act. Yeah, Think. Mm-hmm. And Kaepernick, he didn't think. And mm-hmm. if he did think, then, well, fine. Right. You gonna lose everything because of your principle? I, I admire you first. Sure. But don't complain about it. Right.
2: Right. And then what about Eric? Reed. He's a product of, of here. He's suing the league now, so that probably wraps up his chance to get back in this year. You
1: know, I mean, it's sad. I mean, I think he's right there with Colin Kaepernick. But you make personal decisions in life, and I admire any man or any woman who stands up for their principles and their values. But with every decision, with every decision of that level and that magnitude, there's going to be consequences Mm -hmm. and repercussions, Mm -hmm. and that's what we're seeing. So next time an athlete or somebody in a private sector decides to do something, just sit down and realize, go all out go all out, but understand on the other side of that fence is going to be people who are going to go all out also. And then you can't complain about it.
2: So the last time that you were here, there was something that happened that was a hit that I heard a whole lot about that most people didn't see coming. And it was pretty amazing. And that was, I'm not going to put you on the spot. I really, really want to. I really, really want to, uh, Ed Ogeron. And your impersonation event over I think Orr's that's around. the
1: last time I did one up
2: here. Oh my God, it was. You don't know, like a football team,
3: but we gotta find a quarterback. See, see these players on this team, they just uh, they don't understand. Hey, this is LSU. This is LSU. And and I recruit fine men in my program, and everybody got a real, you call me Bobby Boucher, how you want. But I got a team, and I feel good about our team. I like the progress we're making. And I just want to let everybody know. Go tight. Oh, that is the greatest thing. That I didn't even touch Hey, brother. I guarantee you this. You know what? How many people the have told you how I many people here, have told you it's bad? No, no. Well, because that <laughs> the last time
1: I was here is the only time right. I had done it. Right. Was with you right. here. Yeah. And this is the second okay. time. Okay, all right. You've you never know? done that
3: on the Eagle. In line at the Walmart. <laughs> what you doing? What you shopping for that for here? I mean, it ain't like I go around. Hey, what's your name? Oh, can I do my Ed O So, so how about this?
2: You? How would it? How would Ed, I, can't, I can't believe I'm doing this again, but it was great. To well, like, how, me would either. Ed, how would? How uh, would? Yeah, right. How would Ed Argeron go into Piccadilly and, and place an order?
3: How you folk doing? You know, I'm looking for that Piccadilly to go. You know what I want? Give me the little give me the little deli. Yeah, I want the little deli right there. Give me yeah, Jell-O. Give me the green shake and stuff right there. Give me some of that. You know, I bet those are all on the head football coach in LSU. And we want you to come to Tiger Stadium, support our players, because I really feel good about the progress of, of, of the team. And once again, enjoy your chicken, enjoy your lima beans, and your liver with onions. Go Tigers.
2: <laughs> oh, man. Well, on a, on a semi serious note, there are a lot of people who treat him like he's dead man walking, and I can't see it this year. So, what's your take on it? Are you one of those people?
3: Look,
1: this is a make or break year, and LSU is going to continue to make that money. And TAF says that the renewal rate is pretty high, and they're happy about it. Yeah, but it all comes down to the first game, man. If they lose to Miami,
2: that's a tough. If one. they
1: lose to Miami in Dallas. Lose to Miami and Dallas, I don't know how you recover. Because Auburn's gonna be good. You gotta go on a road to a couple of tough spots. Alabama's gonna, Georgia's be, Alabama. gonna be good. George yeah. is another one. If they lose to Miami, I do not know how he recovers. And until you find a quarterback, which has got to be the most incredible thing, the state of Louisiana with so much talent. And you just so happen to be skipping through the channels on a Saturday watching college football games. Mm-hmm. You know, guys you forgot about. Yeah. Say a guy from Monroe sure. or a guy from Barb, Lake yeah. Charles, whatever. Yeah. And he's playing at say at Texas Tech, putting yeah. up unbelievable numbers. wherever, and you go, well, how come he's not? And Clay, here's an an amazing stat. Do you know the last time LSU had a consensus All-American quarterback? 1970. Wow. Burt Jones. Yeah. Think about that. A consensus All-American
3: quarterback.
2: Well, let me throw this at you, okay? That is is a phenomenal point. Phenomenal point. Let me throw this at you. The SEC is not known. For prototypical rocket armed drop back passers, look up and down the SEC. Oh, the Nick no, Saban's right. won five championship ships at Alabama. Uh, none of those guys have been somebody you look at and go, Joe Montana. But you know what? You look at Randall it, and Cunningham. You wonder why?
1: You know, I mean, obviously the games changed because yeah. too much seven on seven now. Yeah, preparing these kids for college. So know, it's not just LSU. No, you look at the Big Twelve. Yeah, look at the offensive numbers the Big Twelve puts up. Yeah. You can't find a legitimate all-Big 12 quarterback doing anything in the NFL. Now, we'll see what Baker Mayfield does. But really, these guys put up a system. They spread everybody out. They get into the NFL. And another problem is, in the NFL, for the most part, you got to go under center. you got to go under center. These guys are five yards back, and they're not used to going under center. And they can't read defenses from that perspective. And, man, man, it's tough. Look at the last 10 years of the NFL draft. Quay. How many of these quarterbacks gonna, all, yeah. everything. Just going
2: to ask you that. Did you watch the draft this year? I watched a little bit of it. Do yeah. you know this is the first year that I've watched as much of the draft? Like I watched the, the complete first round, which is smart by the league because they, don't, they do the first round separate in prime time. And I watched a little bit of the second and third round on Saturday. And the first thing is I would not have drafted Baker Mayfield if I was the, the, the Browns. It's just me. I would have taken Saquon Barkley. Uh, I remember a story, I I don't know if it was... what a
1: great young man.
2: Absolutely. When you you hear him speak, terrific. I I I think it was Bobby Knight, who may have, and you you may correct me on this, back in in 84, when Jordan was in the draft, and the the Portland Trailblazers had the first pick, and they drafted Sam Bowie famously, and somebody said, well, they need a center. And I think Bobby Knight says, well, draft Jordan and put him at center and the point was when you have a transcendent talent you just pick him i don't care what your need is you go pick transcendent talent and for for the giants it was the best thing they could have ever done and so what would you have taken Baker Mayfield? Over all those other kids? No,
1: I mean, the kid at Penn State's special, man. Yeah, man. He's special. He's not only special on the field, he's a specimen. He's got speed, he's got power, but also off the field. 655-pound uh, yeah, squat. Yeah. Incredible yeah. lower body yeah. strength. And, and just seeing the relationship. I saw a special between him and his dad, mm-hmm. him and his parents. Just a great, great That's kid. That's what you want in your organization. You already know you're getting talent. Yeah. Now you look like you got a kid who's got his head on straight. Right. Grew up in a home with values right. and work ethic right. and principles. Right. and. That that's a no miss guy. Yeah. That's a no miss guy. You, you don't have to miss. worry about him being so talented. We gotta take a chance right. and hopefully he's not out at two in the morning getting right. into trouble. Right. And I gotta deal with the media, then I gotta put out these fires. No, the kids. Well, special.
2: To, to that what a great point. To that point, he's perfectly fitted to be in New York, Cold which weather, is a, everything. And it's a big big media market, but because he of how grounded he is, he can he's gonna be a rock star. And I'm hoping, and this sounds crazy because he's the rook, he's the rookie. That he can rub off on Odell, who's got all the talent in the world, but who has not matured as time has gone on.
1: You know what's incredible about that is his mom was a great athlete at LSU. Sure. His dad was a great athlete, and, and they've been through the wars. So, sure. I mean, they know what it is sure. for expectations mm-hmm. athletically and in their personal lives, and they're good people. Yep. Just good people, yep. and you just wonder. Yeah, I mean, behind closed doors, they got to be going, Odell. Yeah. Stop it. We raised it differently. Right. But of course, they're not going to embarrass that on in public. And which then is, I, it's all the money. Which is great. But, I mean, gee, was he continues to yeah. act up. He continues to make silly comments. And it's like you're not a rookie no more. Right. Right. what do you think of Danny Edling
2: getting drafted by the Patriots?
1: Well, if it wasn't for the Patriots, I'd go to nuts. But it yeah. is the Patriots. Like, so, what do they I mean, see, Belichick right? Belichick has done some incredible things with late-round draft picks and, you know, free agents nobody wanted. Yeah. They thought they would pass their prom. Right. He brings them in. He mends them. He builds them. He breaks them down. He builds them back up. Look, for Atlin to go in there and at least, you know, training He's camp with Brady. Stand behind goat, man. behind Brady. Yeah. Learn a little bit. Yeah. Is the guy ever going to be a starter in the NFL? No. But you know what? If the guy's a backup quarterback and he spends eight, ten years in the league, yeah. saves us money— you know, I mean, good well, for listen. Him.
2: Famously, people may forget, but Rohan Davy, LSU graduate, played football at LSU, backed Tom Brady up for five or six years, won a couple rings behind Brady there.
3: Another good guy. He
2: too. is a good guy. Oh, I saw he him here. Is he's he's is guy. he back in town? He is. Yeah, I saw him uh, not very long ago down the, down the street from here. You know, the talking about the draft and your take on sports. Now you've been covering sports for the most part. You know. More than 50% of your time in media, although it's not been exclusively sports talk, when you look at the 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 landscape of, of sports now, what do you think when you look at these athletes and the money and everything?
1: It's just, you know, it's just too me, me, me. It's all about attention, bringing attention onto themselves. Not all of them, but too many athletes today, it's not about the team. It's always about, you know, I want more money, more money. You know, a year or two ago, you signed a four-year deal. Now after a year, you want more money. You know, when is a man's word and signature going to mean something? I mean, you knew going in. I got to make a two or three or four-year commitment. I'll pay my dues. I'll work hard, and eventually it'll pay off. I'll get my money.
2: Uh, you know, this is something else kind of on the topic, but not necessarily there. There's a big discussion now over paying college athletes. And I'll tell you where I am, and I want to hear where you are on this. Now, people are talking about payment in terms of giving them money. So my position is the university is, in, in a way, giving you money because – your athleticism is paying for your education. And just having had a kid graduate from LSU and go through all that, and, you know, that's money that, mm-hmm. that you know, you got to pay. Right, right. And, and so I don't know how I feel about that. But I also understand the other side of this, if I may talk out of the other side of my mouth a little bit, that – the universities do make great amounts of cash on the likeness and the names of these young men.
1: Look, if you got a sales team, all right, you're gonna have two or three salespeople making a lot more money than a lot of the other sales guys. Sure, because why? They're the best. Yeah, they work hard. Right, they come up with ways. Right, I think it's the same thing. And a lot of people are gonna say it's unfair that this school, for example, like in Alabama, all right, they got uh, you know whatever 85 guys on scholarship. Let's go with uh, a Southern Miss, mm-hmm. whatever. Well, it may be unfair to the kids at Southern Miss, but if I'm in Alabama and I'm bringing in all of this money, national TV, because I'm an elite athlete, yeah. I'm better than the guys at the other university. I should be compensated more. What that is, how the NCAA does it, I don't know. But if I'm a starting quarterback at Alabama mm-hmm. and I'm competing for a Hosman Trophy and the SEC Championship and year in and year out, I'm the reason why Alabama has a shot of winning a national title, I should be compensated in some kind of way yeah. than a quarterback at Illinois. You see where I'm going? If I'm okay. a star at Duke, if I'm a star at Duke, I'm the guy. Yeah. Okay? Somehow the NCAA or the school through the NCAA has to find out a way where I get a little bit more than just a college education. Because without me, they don't win a national title. Without me, they're not selling as much merchandise. Without me. So how that is, how you balance it, and how you come up with a fair way, Clay, I don't think it's possible.
2: Do you leave it up to the NCAA or do you make it about the university? Well,
1: the NCAA is a bunch of hypocrites because the NCAA continues to promote within pay raise, pay Mm -hmm. raise, pay raise raise because of all the TV deals and the sure. multi-million dollar deals. Well, the NCAA is a bunch of hypocrites. They can continue to make more money. They continue to raise across the board within you know the office. Mm-hmm. But yet, guess what? Athletes, well, you get a book and you get free education, which I'm not. Look, well, for the parents out there who can't afford an education, sure. for kids out there who are working a job and Absolutely. they got to pay back student loans, is it a bitch?
3: Yeah. You're damn right yep. it is. Yep. If
1: is, is it unfair? Sure, I can right. see that. But yep. guess what? That's not that stud wide receiver, right. running back, quarterback, or defensive end. Issue. No, because That's I mean, their issue.
2: ability earned them that spot. You don't get these scholarships well, you unless you can come through. If it was
1: fair, I'd be doing one total hip replacement surgery a day and going home. Life's <laughs> not fair. I don't have it. No seriously, if life was fair, I'd be the CEO of Apple. Life is not fair. Life's a bitch. You know, I get it. But you know what? You use what you have, what God gave you. You make the best out of it, and that's it. You know, I used to get into one argument, Clay, all the time with a guy. And he used to say, well, you know what? It's because he honestly believed that if you worked hard enough, let's just say you wanted to run fast, right? Mm-hmm. If you put in the time and worked hard enough and got a personal trainer or whatever, you could, too, run a 4 three forty. He honestly thought if the day I was shot out of the womb at Baptist Hospital in the Walls back in March of 60, if I would have put my mind to it and worked hard and made that total commitment, I could have been the heavyweight champion of the world. Mm. We all are predisposed yeah. based on our yeah. DNA. Okay. I'm a loudmouth guy with a big forehead and crooked fingers who yeah. speaks his mind. But you're That's keeping your hair. That's my DNA. You follow me? Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. So when you got that kind of DNA, yeah. those are the tools in your yeah. toolbox, listen, right? Listen. So then I need to use those tools by running my mouth with you or yeah. running my mouth on the air. If I don't use that, then I wasted what God gave me.
2: Rich, there have been a lot of guys who have been seven two, three hundred pounds, who couldn't do what Shaquille did. There's, oh, there's been no a lot of six six, two twenty guys. Who couldn't do what Michael Jordan did? It's me, not just hey, about. Since you mentioned yeah. Shaquille
1: O'Neal, I got to give this guy a quick shout out. Yeah, great guy. Oh man, great accomplishment. Oh, not man. Shaq. Shaq there too. Yeah, okay. Talking about Anthony McFarland, man. Let me tell you something. Here's a guy. Think about Bugger this. McFarlane. Here's a guy out of Winfield, Louisiana. Yep. Great uh, defensive lineman at LSU yep. wins two Super Bowl rings with Tampa, Tampa Bay and Indianapolis. Yeah, yeah. Here's a guy in a period of less than four years. Right. They give him a shot on the uh, infancy of the SEC Network right. in a four-year period. All of a sudden, he's on Mike and Mike. ESPN brings him in for the right. college football analyst job. Right. And, all this, right. and guess what? Now the guy's going to be on Monday Night Football. Now think about this. That's awesome. You talk about I didn't group. know that. What's that? I didn't know that. Yeah, a couple of days ago, they made the announcement. Really? Yeah. So, look, here's the deal. You talk about the the greatest ambassador for the program in LSU overall, Shaquille O'Neal. Nobody will ever talk to Because nobody's going to be a business uh, Mogul. entrepreneur, yeah. rapper, singer. I mean, the guy's just incredible.
2: And a four-time champion. Four-time champion. Famer. But you yeah. think
1: about that, what Shaquille O'Neal has meant to LSU. And now yeah. he still comes back, sure. shows his love and passion, right. not only for LSU, but Louisiana. Right. And then you bring in Anthony McFarlane, who every Monday night in LSU and Alabama led the league last year and the most players in the NFL. Every Monday night, how many times you think he's going to mention that kid went to LSU. Right. That kid went to LSU. <laughs> right. And all the positive exposure, well, Ryan he's going to be too? LSU's greatest salesperson.
2: He is going to be. Ryan and, and Clark is right First there. First
1: Monday night football game, seven LSU players on the Jets.
2: Yeah. Seven LSU yeah. players.
1: How many times do you think LSU's going to get a shout-out?
2: Listen, the Jets are going to be better this year, man. I'm not saying Super Bowl or anything. They're in the Patriots division. But I think that quarterback, Darnold, is going to be all right. He looks the part. By the way, since we're talking about
1: quarterbacks here –
2: Uh, What about my guy Jimmy Garoppolo?
1: God bless him, man. Go out to Frisco and do the things he's done and the money he made. Good for him, man. You know what? Here's a guy. He never complained. Of course, people are going to go, what are you complaining about? You're playing behind the greatest quarterback ever Tom Brady. But he waited, man. He bothered his time. And he was out in San Francisco doing incredible things. I enjoy watching him play. I'm not a big 49ers fan because I'm going back to Montana and Rice and Roger Craig when they came in in the Dome and absolutely pistol-whipped the Saints. So those are my memories of the 49ers.
2: Montana never lost in the Dome.
1: Did you know that? I wouldn't, that's not shocking. Yeah, just never lost in the Super Bowl. those teams they had. Man, yeah, the 49ers, remember. the 49ers were the Saints boogeyman. Yeah. There's no question yeah, about it. I, yeah, you knew when yeah, they played the 49ers? It's old.
2: Listen. I remember and this is one of my one of my last remember when stories cuz you know, Rich and I could just talk. Uh, I I've always joked that one day I'm going to get rich. Uh, Guy Brody, <laughs> I remember old Guy, Guy Brody, Brody. <laughs> yeah, and, get, and find somebody. We'll, we'll do a radio show and together. Rob Pair. Just, and Rob Pair. But um, the, when the Saints played the, the 49ers in that uh, divisional round playoff game and they came into the old candlestick park that's no longer there, you gave me the business all week long. You know the thing I enjoyed the most on the Monday after the game is when I saw you, I didn't bring it up. I didn't say
1: a word about it. And you know what? That's what made it worse. <laughs>
3: would you just get it
1: done? You know what it's like? You know what it's I like? know it. No, you know what it's like? It's like when you know your dad found it in your yes. room, yes. but he just looks at you. You know what I mean? It's like a sundial of misery getting ready to give you the time, man. It's just so, so, Dad, would you just spite me and get it done? <laughs>
2: That was that was so you know, it's great. Like
1: waiting for the hangman.
2: Meeks too. When I sit in the room with our buddy Kevin Meeks, who's no longer here, and I just I never will say anything, and he'd be waiting on it. And so we did a sports report, and you said, and Meeks even said, no, he's not said a word about it. That's when it's better.
1: And right then and there, I realized, don't ever, ever wager, don't ever take a shot at Clay Young, because eventually. You know what's coming. He just drags, drags it out,
3: <laughs> baby. Say hello.
2: Rich, I've said this to you before. You are one of the best broadcasters I have ever heard. I don't think people understand how hard you work in doing what you do. It has been a great joy to have a 20-year friendship with you and, and just see the consistency because I believe this that one of the most underrated, undervalued virtues in people is consistency. Not You're not ever going to be always great. You're not ever going to always have bad times. But if you have relationships with people where it's almost always the same, that is a blessing. Do me a favor, so, let, let
1: me wrap it up with this. Okay. okay. And I'm not being sarcastic. Seriously, let me speak sure. from the heart. I don't have many friends, and, and, I, and I keep it that way on purpose. And, you know, I remember – when Errol Campbell played his last couple of years in the NFL with the New Orleans Saints, yeah. he had a good game, one game on a Sunday, and I was covering it for the Louisiana Network. Jim Inkster couldn't go. And I'll never forget, he said, Rich, you mind going down there? I said, no, I'll go down there and get you some sound. And I'm in a locker room and Errol Campbell. He must have been 34, or 35. But that particular Sunday, he played well, yeah. like 110 yards or whatever. Sure. And somebody asked him, he goes, well, what about Earl Campbell, man? What about?" He goes, I'll tell you this. Earl Campbell may not be in a class by himself, but it wouldn't take long to call Rowe. What that said is you as a friend. And what I mean by that is your character is what I appreciate. Your honesty is what I appreciate. Your professionalism is what I appreciate. And you know me as me. You know me on the air. You know me off the air. And for you to give me that opportunity to get to know me I really appreciate it, Clay. They don't come any better than you, man. And Thank I mean man. that sincerely. Well, There's no false pretense. What it is is what it is. You treat people like you expect to be treated and for them to treat your daughter and your wife. That's how you're supposed to treat people. Well, before we wrap into a, a, a rendition of Ebony and Ivory, we'll wrap it up
2: right here, which uh, I'm sure you know the words to that song. That's a, that's a See, that's a song the kids won't know by reference, Ebony and Ivory.
1: there's only one song I know the lyrics to
2: what's that hey
1: come on come on take a ride there's a party over there (laughs) It ain't no lie it's live live slippity slide forget about your life from a nine to five just sing best concert (laughs) ever went to
2: hey go back in the archives and and find Richard Condon's Brush with Diana Ross I'll just leave it right there kids let's just say he'll never forget it huge Q-tips huge
1: I actually saw her breasts. You know the story.
2: I do. Back to wrap up. And now, today's Manners Minute. Are you looking for a way to better connect with folks in your home? Well, get out of the house. Volunteer together. Whether you're a family of two or six, you can find a place to serve. And the benefits are life-shaping.
0: Children develop empathy and a commitment to service that lasts throughout their lifetimes. Children feel important and gain confidence as they work alongside adults in service
2: projects. Adults have the opportunity to pass on important values to the next generation. Even toddlers can learn how to serve with visits to nursing homes. The faces
1: of children brighten the long days of the elderly. The best part of volunteering as a family is that priorities become reoriented. What's most important becomes
2: most important. Respecting your home by serving. A family that serves together,
0: stands together.
2: Visit hashtag BRRespect at MannersOfTheHeart.org to join the movement and sign the pledge. With respect, Baton Rouge thrives.
3: Welcome back to the Clay Young Show.
2: He's going to get sued over that Diana Ross story. (laughs) Thanks, Rich. We appreciate you again for being in and being on episode 163 of the Clay Young Show. It's been a great week. Thanks again for everyone who was involved with Smoke em If You Got them. Could not have made that thing happen without you. Thank you so much from Mockler Beverage to Geico to Don Juan to the folks at Ben 77 to Open Eyes Training and Safety Consulting. Pest Stop, your do-it-yourself pest control solution. John Conroy came, came through again. Desiree. Who was really, you know, one of the driving forces behind helping me get that shirt designed, the polos that we had at Smoke'em, which really were a hit. And maybe next year we'll have some of those to sell for you. But it was, it was really good. The Guarantee Media team, we thank them. Scott Overby at Doze, who came through with a dinner for the event. Brian Dykes did a dinner at the event. Max Himmel for donating. His condo in Orange Beach that some lucky person got to enjoy is going to get a chance to enjoy. I mean, it was really great. Bobby D'Angelo and his donation of that custom flag. Man, just all the people involved. This thing, I'm hoping that it continues to get better and bigger every year. And I appreciate everyone who was a part of it. You guys, hopefully you have enjoyed the week that has gone on. This coming Monday is Memorial Day where we remember the sacrifices of the men and women who have given so much to America. And as we do every year, we like to play a particular song done by a legend in his own right uh, that kind of commemorates this season of memory and the appreciation that Americans have for the men and women who have given so much in defense of her honor. So as you remember those who have fallen Keep in mind their families as we enjoy the sounds of Ray Charles. Oh, beautiful.
0: Heroes in liberating strife. Who more than self Their yeah, country love And mercy more than life What I'm saying about tonight is This America Sweet America May God that go refine Till our success Be nobleness And every gain divine And you know, when I was a little boy I remember we always sang these words. Oh, beautiful. Wild, wow, spacious skies. Wild, wow. amber waves of rain. Wild, wow, purple, my.
2: To all the men and women who have given so much in defense of this nation
0: oh God, to,
2: to the diversity of cultures God, him, faiths
0: he, he girl,
2: thank you all
0: he told me would,
2: see you next I'm week good. on episode 164 of the Clay Young Show here on podcast 225.com